Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Boop on the nose. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have Clyde Haynes. Happy to be here. And your favorite sack of chemicals, Paul G. <laughs> Paul G. <laughs> Paul G. Paul G. Anyone out there? Anyone out there? Hello, yes, hello. Yes, hello, yes, hello. Yes. Tonight we are going to talk about the sixth and seventh episodes of season four of Lower Decks. But first, I thought we should celebrate for a moment because Prodigy finally has a new home. Oh, does it? I didn't, I didn't realize that. They announced yesterday, I think yesterday, um, within the last two days, I am so jet lagged. I don't know what time is anymore, um, but <laughs> Prodigy has been saved. It's going to be on Netflix. Um, so the first season will be uh, available on Netflix later this year. And then the second season will be releasing in early 2024. Um, so you guys, everyone did it. Hashtag save, save prodigy worked. We saved prodigy. We did it. We did it. Yay. Yay. Yes. We did it. Um, Yay. I'm really excited about it. I'm glad we get to finally see, um, the second season. Cause I know so many people who have worked really hard on it. Um, and if you want to see a third season, cause that is not guaranteed on a Netflix show. They love a two season and then they're out. Um, <laughs> uh, Although hopefully things change now with the new writers agreements, but um, when it drops, it's a really good idea to just go ahead and, and binge your whole way through it. Definitely watch all of the, all of the episodes and same thing when the second season comes out, but huzzah, very exciting. We have more prodigy for us in the future. Um, yes. So tonight we are going to talk about the sixth and seventh episodes, the Parath Ferengi's Heart Place, as well as a few badgies more. Um, we'll start with the sixth episode and then we'll move into seven. But first, let's just have a couple of uh, reminders. Paul, where can um, people find information about us or share the show? Well, uh, you can see our or hear or something our podcast at Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content or like our content or tolerate our content, uh, please consider uh, joining our Patreon for just $2 per episode uh, at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Indeed, we love it when you join us over on Patreon. Um, and Clyde, if people are watching us tonight live on YouTube, how can they interact in the chat? Well, if you want us to read your comment or just let us know what you're thinking. Then type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will take a look at your comment, your question, your your musings. And then when we get to that special part of the, the show where we want to know your overall thoughts of the episode, just type a capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll take a look at your ponderings. Those sweet, sweet ponderings. Um, but I think it might be time for us to dig into some messages uh, from the menagerie, but we know that all falls into some hot freaks. That deep V is just so, so, so deep. It's a, the deepest of V's on that, on that outfit. Special man to not only have the deep V, but to just let the, the chest hair out like that, huh? I'm not that guy. Sorry. <laughs> it was a time and an era, and I, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I um, like, like, like like if we can like if we can like uh like get enough money to go on a Star Trek cruise, mm -hmm. I will wear the deep V. Yes. It, it, it will <laughs> so be patrons, if you want to see pictures of Paul in a deep V, in a get all your v. friends to yeah, join in, us. In a Riker deep V, I, 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 I will wow. do that. I will do that. That's, that. that's how much I'm committed to the cause. Committed uh, to the cause. I appreciate I'm going to tell you right now, it's that Kobayashi Maru. It's a no-win scenario <laughs> for everyone. I mean... <laughs> That takes free the nipple to a whole different and challenging place. <laughs> but okay. Uh, uh, um, and, and, and there will be people who go like, oh. And Paul is a human. Do, and you have Paul to do the chair sit too, though, with it, you know. I, I will do all. I'll do, uh, it goes, oh, Paul is a human person, right? And I go, <laughs> and I go it, is, it, is, it is. It's out there, everyone. It's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, stretch goal. <laughs> 
stretch goal noted for the Patreon. I'm going to add that as a, le- a giving level. Yeah, yeah, there you go. $100 a month. Paul will wear a deep V at every convention, con, and conference that we speak at. Like, like yeah. literally, I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, Star Trek Cruise, but I, 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 I will. Yeah, I will, I mean, I'll, up I'll, the I'll, ante, yeah, you know. Yeah. There, take one for the pod. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, some messages from the menagerie. Um, I'll read the first one and then I'll let y'all jump in. Sure. We have, um, oh, I didn't get the person's name. Hang on. Carmen. Carmen says, this was my least favorite episode of the season. However, I like the cold open. The updated portable Genesis device made me laugh. I'm so over self-sabotaging angry Mariner enough already. Also, the forced Hendy Rutherford fake romance really fell flat and was borderline offensive. Although the scene where Melimo saves the day was pretty funny. It was fun to see Captain Freeman save the day with the contract. Unfortunately, over the overall this episode was a disappointment fell flat. Um Clyde, you want to read the next one? Sure. Uh, Karen Chu says, I agree. I don't know why we suddenly went back to the self-sabotaging Mariner, although I guess we all know uh, we don't change behaviors overnight. I did love that Quint told Mariner he loved her and she needed to find out why she was really bothering her to cause her to return to this behavior. Uh, That was a nice moment. I did love Jax uh, and I'm handsome. I'm the whole package wink. Uh, edited for opinion after subsequent watches. Uh, I've enjoyed this episode more and more, though some of this still stands regarding Mariner. So while it's not my favorite, I enjoyed it, and it's a solid middle-of-the-road episode. Uh, Paul, next one. Uh, James Worm, how many bars worth of gold plate latinum did uh, Captain Freeman drop in the trash? <laughs> I mean, I wonder question. How, how much. Um, and then Keen says, this wasn't my favorite of the season, but I really enjoyed seeing Rom and Lita again. This was our first official look at how Rom was doing as Nagas. Plus, I wanted to see more cop landlords. <laughs> Yo, cop landlords was actually kind of funny. Um, it was pretty great. Um, Clyde, do you want to, what was your hot freak of this episode? So, this was an interesting episode. I, I I'm going to have a slightly different hot freak on this. So, yeah, the Mariner self-sabotaging was a little bit annoying, but it's different when everybody else knows what she's doing mm-hmm. um, and nobody's buying it. Like, I think before we got this Mariner who was constantly self-sabotaging and nobody knew she was self-sabotaging, now she just looks kind of ridiculous. And I'm hoping that this is like the last of it because she's starting to now she everybody else has understood now she understands um mm-hmm. it really does put um uh, ransom in an interesting light i can't just get over how far he's come at least in my opinion mm-hmm. from like the first few episodes to where he is now is he like shaw to you now uh, n- n- i wouldn't go that far probably <laughs> if i had to choose one of them i might choose rather for um a ransom so here's the other thing I actually enjoyed this whole Tindy Rutherford thing mm-hmm. um, because to me, it's this meet cute between two friends who think they're just friends. And there are these moments where they haven't quite turned the light on. I was hoping that this was going to be an episode where they started to realize their feelings for each other, mm-hmm. but kind of on the rewatch when they go back and they get dressed up, you know, and Rutherford is like, I'm looking for a less, like a a word that's less intense than captivating. Like to me, he's starting to see her differently. Mm -hmm. And I I was hoping that we were going to get a little bit of progress there. I'm I'm ready for them to go ahead and try this thing, even if it's a disaster. Um, I'm ready for this Rendy romance. Yeah. We'll talk about the Rendy romance a little bit later. Paul, what did you, uh, what's your hot freak of the episode? So like, Ever since, like, uh, Deep Space Nine, or actually, uh, uh, like, you know, Next Generation, I always feel like Frangie episodes are very difficult to do. Mm. They're, 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 I feel like, I don't want to say they're the weakest episodes, mm. but they're episodes where I go, like, am I not interested in 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 this as much? And, and some of them are very downright embarrassing. Uh, so if you grade it on that curve, it's not so bad. 
<laughs> it's not so bad. Like, you know, like, uh, it's a difference between, uh, like, Ferengi episodes like, as a Ferengi culture versus, like, specific characters. Like, my favorite episodes tend to be ones where, like, you know, like, with, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, Nog, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, like, you know, that that aside, like, I felt like structurally, this was, like, four different C plots as opposed to mm. A, B, and C. I, I feel like the, the focus wasn't there. So I didn't really know exactly what to focus on. I felt like individually as C plots, sure, they're fine. Like I, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, mind the Mariner stuff. I didn't necessarily like it, but like it was like a C plot. So it, to, in my mind, so it, it didn't really bug me. It really bugs me when that becomes an A plot kind of thing, if that means anything. Like I, I thought there was a nice time for uh, uh, the captain to shine, you know, mm-hmm. you know. But so there you go. Yeah. I mean, to me, so I think it's interesting, like, uh, so like last season, this episode six was also another like kind of Deep Space Nine referential um, episode. Um, So I thought that was interesting. It kind of lands in the same place um, in their season. I think for me, I enjoyed this as a bit of like our last little breath before we start really driving into the back half of the season and what's going to be our like finale plot points. Um, I agree. I don't think any of the major plot points of this episode were that major. Like, I definitely agree with you, Paul. Um, I think they were trying to make the Mariner and then the Tendi, um, and Rutherford romance kind of our, our AB interchangeably. Um, but there wasn't much really moving things forward. I thought it was really fun. And I will say like on second watch, like this episode had so many more like, laughs per minute for me than mm-hmm. than than episode seven so while there was like so much and we'll talk about it there's so much that i really liked about episode seven but um while the plot might have been thinner in six it definitely had jokes like <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it's a gag it's a gag uh episode yeah like, i mean they're playing, yeah. yeah a ton of one-liners i mean i i wrote down so many it's like even within the first opener, um, we have the horniest and least committed crew in the Federation, so we don't have any married couples. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so interesting it. thought about that line. I Like, I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But is that something that, that you, when you heard, you're like, yep, absolutely, I thought the same thing. I don't know that I noticed that. I mean, I don't think we noticed it, but I think it's because there's a lack of any attention truly drawn to it in some ways because these are lower deckers these aren't as like established crew members but i do think it's interesting because in in every other star trek series there is kind of a core romance couple for the most part right like voyager might be the only other exception but there's definitely romance plots in that in that series but um yeah. Anyway, what uh, what do y'all like? Uh, what's your preference, I guess, for a show? If there is like a continual romance, is it the will they, won't they? Is it more of like these camaraderie friendships, or is it seeing these like long, slow burns like Riker and Troy? Well, you know, you know, I don't believe in love. It's just like chemicals, <laughs> a, a sack of chemicals. So, like, you know. So it's random, but well, I would say it really depends on how it's formulated. Like, for example, I I would hate for like Liz and uh, for in Thirty Rock, Liz and Jack to get together. Right. Like, like I I think that's a that's a what you call it a friendship, you know, mm-hmm. and it can stay that way. I, I I you know there are there are tons of shows where you go like oh. When the Jack and Diane's get... of it all, right? Exactly, like... and 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 that's good too. Like you know, it, it all. It's just a matter of like, if you make it gross or if you make it cool. Right. That, that's what it comes down to. Like you know, uh, like I don't think Tendi and uh, Rutherford have a lot of chemistry. You know, like because it, it, here here's here's the thing, and I'm gonna say it, and y- you guys can let me know if you agree or not. They all ex- both of them exude sidekick character energy. They're, it's, they're just psychic energy like you know like Boimler and, and Mariner they're their main character energy and when you put the two psychics together I'm like going like I don't know what, what I'm really watching I don't they're, they're not going to do anything cool they're just going to be like mildly funny and 
slightly annoying. Did I say that out loud? I love Tendi. <laughs> I love Tendi. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Rutherford, but like you know mm-hmm. he you know he's not. My, but like, but I just don't feel like that they they they're captivating together. So I mean, I I like a balance, right? So I like the idea of having friends. So like characters who are just friends, and so to me, I get that in Boimler and Mariner, right? Like these mm-hmm. are these are two that I want them to be friends. I don't want them in a relationship. I want them to cheer each other on. I want them to be there to help the other commiserate their failed relationships or their heartbreaks or their triumphs. Like I want them to be friends, but I also like to see kind of the, the tour, the Corey and Topanga's right. The, they get together, maybe they break up for a little bit, but ultimately they last. Right. I'm less excited about the, ongoing will they won't they forever like mm-hmm. that gets annoying to me after a while um you know if to use another one it's kind of i also like the ones who are in constant pursuit the how i met your mothers mm-hmm. right like we know eventually they're going to find love but they don't and then also with how i met your mother spoiler alert the the unsuspected couple when you got the Robin and Barney's to get together, right? Like the, Oh, I didn't see this coming, but it turns out they're opposites and they attract. Um, So I like a balance. So like when we see this crew, in addition to what's going on, we see different things. I thought we got a little bit of that on D on on TNG. Um, I definitely felt like we got that on DS nine where you had like the, Mm -hmm. the O'Briens and the Kikos and you, you know, you had Bashir who was constantly after like you had this, different dynamic mm-hmm. um now as far as tindy and rutherford how ah, paul i mean they're they're friends and i'm for i'm all for friends who then make a great partnership like i want them to be friends and then they take that step to romance and it works out what That's- if you find out like in season nine that they've been hooking up since season <laughs> one and it's all on the down low that that would be I would, I, that I would be I would be for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Tendi's hot. Tendi's hot. Tendi is hot. Um, I do think it's funny or interesting, at least, to see. I think this episode was more of a realization that they didn't realize that they found each other attractive. So I sure. think it's like they have definitely been friends, and I don't know if it will lead to anything, but it was that awkwardness of like. Oh, we do know each other are both like attractive people, but do we think this chemistry is actually romantic? And also, do either of them really want a romantic relationship at all, which is a, another potential option? Because I know we've seen Rutherford date, but we really haven't seen Tendi pursue much in the world of romance. So it's possible that that's not even something she's really interested in. The biggest question, though, I have is how does Tendi blush pink? I saw this circulating on the internet and I was like, this is a good question because I don't think with her green complexion that pink would be the logical choice for a blush tone. Unless you, you're assuming that Orion's uh, blood is, is red. Right. Like, I don't know what Orion, like, like green I assumed what? it's green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that, 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 that doesn't make sense. <laughs> or blue i don't know <laughs> what what plus green equals red like what color plus green equals red does that oh work my God. out color wheel um i don't think you can make red into green <laughs> well, well, well then you know i don't know like maybe they, she has other chroma she's an orion she, 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 magic <laughs> <laughs> magic I mean, they're polar opposites of each other on the color wheel. So that's like the big See, problem, right? <laughs> this is why I love Star Trek because only Star Trek fans can start get into against- this, right? <laughs> like, this is only a conversation that happens. Like, no offense to the Rick and Morty crowd, but they're not looking at this and going, hey, you know, Rick can't do like, they're not in the minutia of it. Star Trek fans are going, I got blush. Questions. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 I know just, about that. I just feel like there's a certain privilege of like going, like, oh, this is my biology, and so, like, you know, I see a, what you're saying, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm, I, just, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But I mean, color. Uh, anyway, I was like, I was about to go into a deep dive of how, like, our perceptions of of color is through spectrums, and so it's like, 
not, I, I think that would be universal, but it could not be universal. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I think Chupi has it like melt that maybe their melatonin is green and That's like, you true. know, and right, there you go. Uh, uh, thank you, Chupi. Uh, <laughs> way to, way to keep it down for the, <laughs> yes. Red is a primary color. You cannot make red. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from color theory before my very sleepy brains is something real, real, real stupid. Um, say, it, say it, say it, say it. No, I just like, I know I'm getting stuff wrong and I'm like, man, I paid so much money for a BFA and how am I using this? Um, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> um, okay. I wanted to ask y'all. So I thought it was hilarious to hear the two different types of uh, travel planning that was happening once they got this assignment that they mm -hmm. had to go down to for a, uh, Ferenganar. Um, so you have Mariner who's like, Oh good. This means I have to go to bars and restaurants and casinos and bars and pubs and bars. And then you have, um, uh, Boimler who says I have to go squeeze an unreasonable amount of activities into the day, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and go make an itinerary. What kind of a traveler are you? Are you more of a Mariner or a Boimler? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I will uh, say I was read for filth on my own couch about being a Boimler. Um, part of the reason I'm jet lagged is I just got back from a trip to London, um, where I did go to a museum pretty much every single day. <laughs> like, so I, I went to Japan to visit a friend of mine, mm -hmm. uh, like years back who was teaching English and I spent a week with him and all I did was stay in his apartment, which was very small and played video games as he went to work and came back. And then we'd go out to eat. And so then, you pulled like a Boimler this episode, Boimler. <laughs> uh, I, I, literally, I, I literally did the Boimler per this episode. Boimler. So I, by that, I'm a Boimler. <laughs> so I, I've shown growth. Um, my first trip to London, um, I was all about work. And so I was there for like 10 days, two weeks. And I basically had to force myself to like, do a little something but for the most part i was like at work and back at the hotel at work and back at the hotel and i had this incredibly naive assumption like oh i'll be back let me focus on work and my reputation mm -hmm. this trip and the next time we'll get out and loosen up well guess what uh it was a long 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 time before i got back to london so now when i travel i try to to have some balance and I try to get out, right? Like I do hit a lot of museums. I do like museums. I like to understand the cult. So mm -hmm. for me, it's about museums and food. I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, and a nice sightseeing bus trip. Those are the three things that I'm going to lock in. And so I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what is the, the, the food, the local cuisine? Let me hit that. Let me see some of the culture. So a museum, and then let me see the sites typically from an air conditioned bus, um, you know, so I, so I'm probably closer to a, a Boimler's itinerary. Um, just try not to overdo it. Because one thing I hate is I hate to come back from a vacation where I think I need a vacation. Oh yeah. I definitely did that this vacation. <laughs> so that happened to me. <laughs> I walked seven miles a day. <laughs> um, you know, I had a good time though. Anyway, uh, also, I, I will say, apparently, uh, a honeymoon on Frankenar is a good deal. And also, great trash TV. Just uh, thought uh, I would put that uh, note. This, this is what I, I had, my, my blip, is that everyone seemed like they were getting a fair deal. Yeah. Except for, except for the captain, like, you know. Uh, and so I go like, that's not the Frankenar I know. But maybe it's because of ROM's reforms. I don't know. I maybe. don't know. Maybe. Like, you know. Uh, so it is one of those things where I'm like going... Is it, is it like canon or not canon? But you know, is it is it consistent, or is it because of you know? Anyway, go go, go Rom, long live Rom Negus, Grand Negus Rom. Yeah, let me let me tell you what I like. One thing I really like is the the table, the meal where you have the chocolate of each other. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! And then the Rutherford with the little finger in his mouth. Oh yes, but the, but I the I so hard. <laughs> The idea that you eat and after every bite, you have to say something that you find attractive about the other person and the chair will know if you're telling the truth or not. 
I'm like, hello, this is the perfect thing you need on a first date. Like, you will find out real quick if this date. is going to work. First date. Like, find out real quick. Embellish early. a little bit on a first date. <laughs> I hate that. I love your tie. Like, <laughs> right in there. Let me know. Let me get that honesty right there. It sounds like one. the next, like, Netflix bad reality dating show. Uh, like, it cut oh, to silence. Just like a half hour of silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just slowly mm. eating a piece of chocolate. Um, speaking of Ram and Lita, I did want to ask, this was kind of a nice little check-in with those characters that we hadn't seen in a long time. What did y'all think of our uh, of the portrayals and also like where they're at as characters at this point? I think uh, I think it's a, a fine evolution. You know, like Ram, mm-hmm. is, Ram is smart. He's always been smart. He had always had, uh, though not a traditional Ferengi acumen for business. He did, he, 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 he isn't a dummy. He, he he has he has a alt lobes as it would, mm. <laughs> you know. So and I, I like the fact that Lita is uh, is first clerk, like you know, basically uh, not just a Dabo girl, and you know, and I think that mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think I, I I like both of their characters, their development. Yeah, I thought it was nice to see Rom in a a role completely devoid of Quark. Right. Like we got to see him really in his own episode stand up on his own mm-hmm. and then Lita as a partner, like a, a true partner. And it's like it's kind of like, where are they now? They're still doing it. And so I thought that was a it was kind of a a nice hat tip to DS9 lovers. Yeah, I agree. I also um, like that we got a um, return to one of our original Lower Decks uh, characters uh, with Quip, um, who Mariner meets up with, who he seems to be a a really good friend and a longtime friend to her. So I think it's interesting when we get to kind of meet some of these characters from Mariner's past and sort of check in where they are seeing these repeated patterns and they are also getting tired of it, which I think is the point. I think, uh, you know, I saw, you know, in the hot breaks, there was quite a lot of chat about being tired of the Mariner self-sabotaging, but I think she's over the self-sabotaging, but obviously still has some sort of emotional or um, historical trauma around what happens when she moves up in rank and like, hasn't been fully revealed to us yet. Um, Because when Quip, asks her like you need to figure this out i think she knows what it is but we just don't know what it is yet as the audience i mean i just assume that she just doesn't want to grow up like you know there's there's i mean she for all of it like does all this great stuff and on the you know you know ground floor grassroots you know like helping everyone but like as you get more power as you get more responsibility and more impact like you get to do that less. <laughs> it's like when your platform increases, you get to say less in mm-hmm. some ways. And so like, like, and she doesn't like that idea of like that curtailing of her freedom, mm-hmm. despite the fact that she'll have more impact. And that's how I see it. Like, you know, and I, I, I see it all the time. Like, you know, I, uh, I, I'll say, I see it similarly, but slightly different. Hmm. I feel well, like well, Mariner has been hurt. That's what um, I'm wondering. It's like there seems to be a really deep-seated hurt. Yeah. Like 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 she's she's mentioned a couple times like she's expecting her officers like when she gets promoted, she's expecting her officers to to kind of bust her back down. It's almost like now yep. that you've been promoted, there's more expectation and now you need to conform and you need to be just like this. Like the thing that got you to the promotion now change all that and be a carbon copy of what we expect. And, and ransom is going, no, be you like, give me more of, of who you are just in a slightly more mature. And she's not quite ready to accept that this is different. Like this, the Cerritos is different and this leadership is different. She's waiting for somebody to hurt her again. It's so interesting. Like, cause like you and I come out from some different directions mm-hmm. because I go like, Oh, like, what are the odds of like all the time that she's been promoted and knocked down? That uh, that she just happened to have an executive officer that was just a jerk to her, or is it more likely that she was just a real brat about it? And then like you know, and then blame them. Like you know, it's like they say, like you know, 
if all your exes are crazy, there is one common denominator. Well, I wonder then if it's a little bit of from column column A and column B, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's perhaps like early on, there was someone who did, you know, uh, kind of push her down and, and create unrealistic expectations of her. And that resulted in her not succeeding. And so once she didn't succeed, she just stuck herself into a constant spiral of self-sabotage because she said, oh, like the one time I thought I could do this, everyone just, uh, maybe like, you know, like, like I just, I just remember her, the conversation with her parents in the season mm -hmm. in the pilot, right? She's, she's had this discipline problem. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, we love her for that. I'm not, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, but like, you know, I, and I'm not saying Star Trek Starfleet has all the best people all the time. I'm yeah. just saying it's really easy. For, well, maybe I'm just blaming Mariner because I, I, I you know, I, I, I hate disobedience. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in fit, right? Like culture fit. You, well, culture fit and like style, right? Like you might want to change jobs because it's more money, but have you really thought about like what that culture fit is, right? Like if sure. you are a t-shirt and ripped jeans type of person and you now are joining an organization that's a suit and tie, that might not be a great, a great culture fit for you and you might really struggle. So I think the thing that I look at this is Cerritos is a bit of a band of, it's the island of misfit toys mm -hmm. and it, and so it feels like for Mariner, this is this is home, right? Like if yeah. she was on another ship, I don't know that it would work. And so she's used to being on these other ships that are way more formal. But her style seems to work. And it's about the, your team. She works with Tindy and Boimler and Rutherford, right? And now to Lynn, who I'm just realizing we didn't see in this episode at all. Yeah, we haven't seen her for these last two ups, but um, I, this is interesting commentary from Miss Powell family. Mariner probably was in the Dominion War. I wonder if the Obereth class mention is a clue. I also then wonder if the one time she was in charge, perhaps something really devastating happened, and so she's afraid of that potential. So interesting. So interesting. I just I just chalk it up for that she's immature, and you guys go like she's damaged. Yeah, something happened. There had to be. Fine. Like, Nicole agrees with you. She's like, Mariner needs to grow up. The storyline. Oh, Nicole, seasons. thank you very much. Ooh, uh, <laughs> you and I are best friends now. <laughs> I mean, Paul, you you kind of hit on it though, right? Like it's like when somebody comes to you and they're like, "Yeah, no, nah, man, my ex was just crazy." I'm a little hesitant. Yeah. To like be oh. like, what she like? She was just crazy. Like that's what it is. Like she just you happen to date someone who's just crazy and more trying to think of the nuances. What was it about that situation mm -hmm. that either touched her in a place that was emotionally raw and triggering, or what was it about your situation that brought out the crazy, right? Or maybe the third option is that she just was crazy. And then how do you attract these crazy people in a repetitive fashion? But I, I kind of want to give some more nuance to just like Mariners, you know, immature and rebellious and needs to grow the blank up you know and, uh, yeah, it's tough it's tough like everyone you know not everyone can be like you know uh what's you know who, who who's who's awesome from the very beginning do we have do we have an awesome character like who's shorty okay <laughs> move it on, move it on. i mean in some senses i mean you could think that Riker was awesome from the very beginning I, I don't know. He has those dad issues, right? I mean, you have to have you have to have growth in order for a character to be interesting, right? Um, yeah, true. I, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, speaking of people, that hence I'm so boring. Are... Hence, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, everyone. I'll be here all week. Um, speaking of people who are not prepared for their jobs, this admiral was not getting it <laughs> done, and luckily yeah. Freeman was there. I liked seeing Freeman succeed, but that was yes. like. Dang, if this was the Admiral y'all sent, like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, but but that is Star Trek, right? For some reason, in These most cases... These Admirals are so inept. <laughs> they're so bad, right? They're, like, they're every Admiral that shows up, you just like, Out of touch, that's a good point, yeah. How did you get this job? Like, why are you so bad at your job? Yeah. Like, Very I, strange. 
I think what it is is that like like you know, and someone said this uh they go like when you think of Starfleet, you think of this is in, in, in in a show, like you know, the captain is like the it's what you are remembered for, not the admiral. Admiral is like it's like or that. you go to slowly retire. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, N- name an admiral that you uh that you respect. I can't name one. I can- and I can't even say K- Admiral Kirk. Vance. Admiral Vance. I do okay. like Discovery. Vance. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, he was he did I mean, there's a whole time where all we kept saying was, he was Vance is sus. Mm-hmm. Like just there was a whole theme for us Ad, for like a season. Admiral Mansplainer. That's right, Chupi. That's it. Admiral <laughs> Mansplainer. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see here. Okay. I did think, oh, the Starfleet experience with the theme song was adorable and very funny. Um, I'm glad uh, Quimp checked Mariner. And then I thought the Dr. Miglimo thruple uh, moment was hi- hysterical. <laughs> okay. I, I just gotta say, I'm not a Miglimo fan. Like every time Miglimo shows up, I'm just like, what are we doing here? Oh, that's funny because I do. I like Miglimo, but uh, it I could mean, also be my fondness for Paul F. Tompkins, who voices Miglimo. So it's mm-hmm. like a little okay. hard for me to say. So, so, so uh, imagine this. Let's say, imagine, and you and you have the basis right. You go galaxy class starship, like a flagship, <laughs> the best counselor, Diana <laughs> Troy. Now imagine. <laughs> downgrading all the way to serious class what does that counselor look like he looks like me though. <laughs> fair point <laughs> fair point um don't have to uh, throw up in my mouth twice also made me laugh really hard yep. um that i don't think there is a back end on the deal uh about ip also really funny um and then some other random things uh, the Federation Starship charcuterie board that's in the opening of mm-hmm. them talking about the meeting. I need that immediately from sure, Paramount. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, also, the Ferengi themed drinking helmet where the beer cans are held in those very enormous ears. <laughs> um, and then I'm glad we still got Boimler screams at the very end. Because is it an episode of Lower Decks without yeah. a Boimler scream? I, I think my favorite like Ferengi nod was like the uh, the monument to lost prophets. Yeah, and Mariner goes like, "Ego, like, yeah, well, for you, Frankie, keeping it on brand, mm-hmm. like, so much loss, you know." I, and I go like, "Oh, that's, I love that, I love that." It was pretty funny. Um, anything else about this episode before we move on to the next one? No, nope, I, th- I think we're good. I think I think everyone was, feels like this is a a good enough or less than good enough episode. Yeah, it's a funny episode. Did the plot do anything to really move me in any particular way? Not extensively, but I still enjoyed it and it was a great watch. Um, Okay, well, then I think it might be time for us to dive into yet another edition of... Time for our second round of Hot Breaks. Um... Let's see messages from the menagerie. We have Carmen with this episode was jam-packed with laughs when we learned the ships were being are are being collected, not destroyed. I was glad to learn that. And well, peanut camper. Yeah. Um, uh Kyung, uh, I wasn't expecting the AI redemption episode, but it worked. Maybe Badgie uh saw the koala. I love the koala. Uh I wonder uh who is willing to collect the ships and why. Karen says, I enjoyed this one more than I first thought. And there were some great human names. Meat pipes, sack of chemicals, <laughs> along the lines of ugly bags of water. Aha. The ships are not being destroyed, but who? Why? Goodji must live with the shadow of Badgie hanging over him. Okay. The weathering, the shuttle is very pronounced. And it reminds me of the TNG alone decks. Um, episode where Jordy and Tarek were weathering that shuttle for the mission. Hmm. Interesting. And then finally from Leslie, finally the peanut hem- hamper redemption arc comes at last. Um, okay. Paul, what did you think about this episode? Well, you know, I, I, I like the episode, you know, uh, I feel like it's a hat on a hat on a hat. Because I would be totally fine with like just a badgy episode and something else, uh-huh. or, or an Argus, Argamus, you know, or, or Peanut mm-hmm. Camper, you know, uh, you know, it, it's it's all 
it's all you know because we know how we, how much we love peanut camper and it's it's really important that like you know they get you know their own spotlight and i feel like this one uh peanut camper didn't get was hardly there i um yeah i mean i i get the hat on a hat thing i think for me this episode the successful parts are the like continual world building within the world that lower decks has done because mm-hmm. while i enjoy all the references like seeing our recurring characters of this world to me was really satisfying. So seeing Argamas, seeing Pina Camper, seeing, um, you know, the, I feel we had a, a couple more and I was trying to remember, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I overall enjoyed this episode. It's obviously moving us into this back half and, and getting us where we need to go to figure out what's kind of going on with these different ships. Um, but this episode for me, while uh, really heavy on like kind of tying up some loose ends and having some fun references, also didn't have like a, uh, as much character development with our core crew as I think I would have liked after last week's yeah, episode. Yeah, it, it was very plotty, you know. Like, yeah, very yeah. plotty, less character driven. And, and, um, and what, you know, in Silence of the Lambs, like, you know, Anthony Hopkins is only you know, on screen for like 20 minutes and he mm-hmm. won an Oscar, right? And like I felt like Peanut Camper was not on the screen like this, but uh, but you know, but it and, and I felt like it it wasn't that worthy of a I I wanted some Science of Lambs like you know because Peanut Camper deserves that. Clive thoughts? You know I actually like Peanut Camper more in this episode than ever before. Um, the redemption arc I'm gonna say worked for me. Ah, but I'm probably a sucker for someone finding their, like, like going through the redemption, going back to their family and being like, hey, I actually like this. Like, it it, it worked for me. Um, You know, I thought it was a little bit weird with uh, um, Boimler and Tindy just allowing Agamus to kind of run amok sure. and going like the confidence in which they moved was like, let's just see where this goes. Was I know it kind was of fascinating to me. Yeah. It was interesting to see like Boimler from? go from like, I cannot make a mistake to just being willing to be like, I guess I'm just going to go along for this ride. Cause I really need with, with this information. With this maniacal, like, you know, like yeah. uh, that could subjugate a planet in like, you know, once the coast is that's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, what I thought, like the episode probably needed, was Peanut Camper to have her speech. You know, like like I would have liked to have heard the whole thing. Yeah, I would have liked to hear the Peanut Camper speech. <laughs> Clyde is dying. Paul texted me today and was like, "We should just keep saying Peanut Camper instead of Peanut Hamper until Clyde breaks." <laughs> I'm not. I'm just gonna let it go. I was like, All right. I know. I was like, you're too polite to be like, why do you keep saying camper? I mean, I, listen, I don't as, a, as a person who nicknames almost everyone and everything, um, if you want to nickname Peanut Hamper, Peanut Camper, then I'm gonna let it go. Like, she, have, she does enjoy the outdoors, so yeah, you know, yes, it's just exactly. be a rebrand. But I had all planned. I was going like, like, what are you saying, Paul? Peanut camper, nope. and then and you go like it's peanut hamper. It goes, what am I saying? Peanut camper, yeah, it's peanut camper. I had it all worked out. It's yep. very it was Family Guy. Never gonna happen. I'm gonna let you roll. It, it, it's Mariah breaking. <laughs> well, it's because I keep watching Clyde's face as you're saying it, and I'm like, he's never gonna say something. I'm not. I'm just thinking. Like part of the first few times, I'm like, okay. The first time I'm thinking, all right, that was a slip. And the second time, I'm thinking. Am I hearing this wrong? So I'm listening, going, <laughs> maybe I'm hearing the enunciation wrong. Are my AirPods not working? Like, so it was going to be a while before I was like, and I would have caught you off air, been like, hey, Paul, did you know? <laughs> I could just already hear all the comments on YouTube being like, why do they keep saying peanut camper? <laughs> anyway. No, but actually, I like this. Like, this one. It, it, for someone who has struggled with Peanut Hamper for four seasons or three seasons or whatever it was when we were introduced to her, this one kind of worked for me, right? And oddly enough, we're normally Heather Donahue 
it's like I'm like, what's happening? Did not bother me once. Mm. And I was like, like her voice actually, I was like, oh, it's chill. Like, welcome to the crew. Yeah, yeah I um I I did kind of like the idea that one uh rehab and redemption is possible, although like I'm not one for um for prisons at all on a personal note, but I did think it was funny that the idea that all these computers have like a standard prison yard where there's like basketball and like group therapy and like gardening happening. I found that to be very funny. Um, and then I, I agree. I, I would have liked to have heard a little bit of her speech, although I did find it compelling when she's like, Oh, as we were like pretending to write this, I realized it was, it was true. Um, and that she, she went home. I did, uh, it's interesting because both essentially all of the artificial intelligence in this episode eventually chooses the good side of things, which I thought was interesting commentary the, the on the blue, AI light the blue light. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Like it, in some ways, like there's that part where I go like, Oh, if all the humans were not a part of it, would it just have gotten, you know, like, resolved itself it's kind of like uh raiders of the lost ark if indy just didn't do anything you know yeah the nazis would be killed and like you know and blah 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 so in this particular case like you know where where, where our characters are where our was the lower decks really necessary for any of them yeah i don't know i mean this is also interesting. So WYSIWYG says, um, I get, so it's a, the title of this episode is a reference to the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and uh, WYSIWYG says, would have loved to have had a holodeck Western motif to match the Rutherford as the man with no name. Sure. Sure. Like a few dollars more. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can, I can definitely a few badges more. I, I, I get it. Like the, I, I was hoping for that, but like, I guess they're, they're playing with the, uh, the, the split personality badgie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, um, I did, Notice, I think this episode had quite a few extra uh, dollars spent on animation because there's quite a few frames that had like much more texture, and I thought all the yeah. exteriors looked really great. Like um, the badges look crazy. The badges yeah, look insane. Yeah, like the, 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 that. It did not look like the same art style in some ways, in a good way. It, yeah, it, like it, it just to go. The go and, it reminds and, me. Of, oh yeah, go ahead. I think the voice acting was great on Badgie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kenneth, right? That that, that yeah. Kenneth from Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, this is this is really this is really good. It's crazy. Yeah, you could definitely tell like the differences between all of the characters that he was playing. So I thought mm-hmm. that it, it was really successful in that way. And um, yeah, the badgy animations when it would do the close-ups on his face, I found it kind of similar to like when you would get those like villain shots and like animes and stuff like that. So I was sure, like, sure. this is really fun to play with stylistically. Or, or me in the morning, like you know, just like, uh, <laughs> just like, like <laughs> come on, Paul. Happy face, happy face, happy face. Um, where was I going? Um, what did you think of the hug as a tactic by Rutherford to try to get Badgie to not kill the entirety of the Cerritos? I mean, sure. Like, you know, like it, it, it's it's one of those things. Once again, it I believe that the actions are very immaterial. So, like, sure, why not? Like, like Rutherford has tried everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 what, what else was he going to do? I, I, do I feel like it's a little lazy? Maybe, hmm. maybe, maybe, but, but it, it was fine for the context of what it is. Yeah. I mean, eventually it, it isn't, int- I, I think the episode eventually lands somewhere interesting with Badgie's character with the idea of like, oh, once I now have infinite knowledge and infinite, um, like power, I see that there is no point in like, killing people and violence and that like I, I feel like I wrote something down that's more eloquent than what I'm about to say but now I don't remember what it was um, <laughs> like um, I, I, I have it right here it's uh, Mariah says like uh, kill equal bad no good <laughs> exactly um, so Batchy eventually choosing that violence is not the answer I thought that like uh, violence is illogical but it was also like the void of good yeah, this also doesn't make sense. I think I've just like fully reached the point of jet lag that I don't have well, words you, anymore. No, your brain has reached nine point nine. That's that's a, like you're, yeah, you're, you're nine point nine. But oh, what I was trying to say is that like with 
intelligence and thought and logic and empathy and good, you eventually get to the idea that violence is not an actual answer to solve any problems. That's I don't know, what I man. I, I, I haven't I haven't seen the koala yet. I mean, I've seen representation <laughs> of the koala, but like, but like, maybe you get that when you see the koala. I, I, I feel like, or if you go to visit Black Mountain. That's right. That's right. But but if you, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think I think you get attacked by a dog or like a pit bull. Like you know, like violence is an answer. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's an answer. That is a I, answer. I think to me, this was an interesting take on kind of the father of AI technology and their relationship mm-hmm. to their creations, right? And it's kind of like if Nuni and Soon Soon would treat have treated Lore a little bit differently, could he have changed Lore's behavior, right? Mm-hmm. If he was a little bit more kind of welcoming and saying, "Hey, I, you know, you're not a mistake. I didn't." I didn't make a mistake and then try and recreate data to fix all the things I've done with you, but just hug lore. Would lore have been different? It was an interesting conversation to me. And then the answer was, was kind of like, no, the hurt is the hurt. And then you've got the separate entities. And and then to transition to what Mariah said is now that I see the whole picture, my behavior doesn't make sense. Is there like like to your point like you know uh, I never saw the badgy lore connection before, but like you it, it's kind of there a little bit right, mm-hmm. and so like to your question uh, if, if Sung did something different would lore be different, and I think the answer is probably no. <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't, I, well, does this come down then to that question of like nature versus nurture? Versus nurture, yeah. Right. It, it and, and it is usually a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, I suppose it comes down to do you believe in free will or not? You know, in, in the, in the sense, favorite question of Star Trek. That's right. <laughs> and, and so, like, you know, because like lore, you know, he, at, at least the way the lore uh, tells us, like, he became the way he was because he just felt better because. He was better. He was smarter. He was faster. He'd live forever. Blah blah blah. All these things, and the things that humans valued, like he didn't value as much because he was better. Like I, I have the not not to go on a tangent, but like here we here we go on a tangent. <laughs> I, I have this question that I ask people all the time. I go, "Would you rather have the ability to teleport or infinite money?" You know, and I, I get I, I get a lot of I get a lot of answers. Do you guys have an answer before like I, I proceed? <sighs> I mean, I like want to say the ability to teleport, but I feel like the better answer is infinite money. <laughs> I'm going with infinite money. I mean, yeah. teleportion is cool, oh. and I would enjoy it. But if I got infinite money, then I can hire somebody to teleport. Th- th- then we are friends. Then that's why we're friends because, like, I, the infinite money is obviously the right answer. But that 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 said, that said, like you know, what normally goes like, oh, I I I pick teleport, and I would say to them, like, what a, uh, you know, well, how you let's say you go to Paris, like you'll still need to eat, you know, mm-hmm. you still need like, how would you pay for that, and invariably like 99.4% of the time people say, well, I could just teleport into teleport bank and take, bank. And, and take my, <laughs> and then I'd go, cause it's a trap because Paul is a trap, you know, and I go, Oh, so once you have power, like, you know, morals go out the window and then they go like, we're not friends anymore. Unfriend. Boom. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. and I've only got one person who, who, who said, yep. That's the case. I am now a god, and that person is still your friend <laughs> because of they're honest about it, right? And, and so, in this way, like Lore goes, like you know, I am a god amongst you. You, I am better by by his. And so, in that way, I don't know if nurture is going to help that. You know, like like you know, Data had very little nurture, right? He, you know, in that way, like you know, it's just a matter of. Of, there's a choice that was made where because of my like you know because you're you're better do you see yourself as deserving to rule 
or do you see yourself as more responsible to serve? Yeah, it is interesting, though, because he essentially is like, oh, I'm not going to do all these murderous things in this universe, but I'm going to go to an un uncreated universe and create a universe. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. like, what will the badgy created universe eventually look like? Like the that- Marvel universe. Boom. Just like that. <laughs> Yeah, that no, is it, that is the answer. Like, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what with infinite money or the infinite smarts comes infinite. I don't, I don't know. But like, it that that whole storyline was kind of like, uh it, it's like it's like the 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 cov- the Ark of the Covenant. You know, like mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, did anything really happen that was necessary? I, I felt like all three of those things, like uh, Argamus, Peanut Ham- Camper. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh and badgie i felt like they all deserved a an arc in a way that like it would impact our characters and i don't think that that happened yeah i feel like this episode i mean we still essentially have peanut hamper and artemis on the table right like they still exist within the universe and now we have badgie as like a q sort of entity within the lower decks universe as well. So I don't know if this will be the last time we see all of these characters. I feel like this episode was to tell us all that we've all been wrong all season and none of these people are the yeah, ones in charge of the that's, ship. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what I think too. I think, I think this is like the, the psych. Yeah. So, so if you're going to do that, it better be so amazing. That the person who you, you bring, like you're like, if you're, yes. if you're going to throw down that glove, you know, I, that, that bath lift, I, 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 I want it to be, it's the packlet again. Red alarm, red alarm. Well, I, I think what's interesting is we all kind of thought or questioned what if it's badgy and peanut hamper? Mm-hmm. And what they did was they gave us a badgy peanut hamper slash Argamas episode, and none of them are involved. Right. Which which was interesting. And you know, so to me, this episode was was interesting for like the last three minutes where we we understood oh they are alive they didn't get destroyed they were just taken and it's not argamas badgie or peanut hamper so now there's a big question of who is the big bad in this one what's going on like that was the interesting thing i don't know that i needed anything that happened before the first 3 minutes to get me there yeah, I mean, it'll be, it, it's interesting because at the beginning, I was like, oh, we're setting this up to be, it's badgy. And then like immediately they're like, oh, we're leaving it. So you might still think it could potentially be badgy because they show up to collect all these materials, but it could also not be badgy. And then by the end, we're like, it's absolutely none of these things. So if you had to make a guess of who is stealing all of these ships and crews. To Lynn. To Lynn, oh, I haven't seen her. If it, it, Clyde, if you are right, oh my God, you're getting a beer. That would be, <laughs> Take it. Uh, that 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 would be that would be some some like some ambo jitsu's type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheapy mentions William Boimler has not been seen yet. That is true. Yeah, no, like uh, I I I I don't know why w- William Boimler had it all you know sorted out right, the, or as I like to call it, the original Boimler. <laughs> like, like, uh, like he's he's on the Titan, right? And and life is all good on the Titan, supposedly. Um, yeah. I'm trying to. I need to like rack my brain and the internet a little bit more if there is been or if there has been any uh, plots previously that include a species that collects ships like for some menag- uh, like a menagerie of sorts. Yeah, like a menagerie the hum- ships. A human, a fully, I guess, yeah, not human, a fully Starfleet menagerie. And, and who would want that? Shippershirie. A shippershirie. Uh, like a ship collector, like a, a, like a shippershirie. A Jordy Ford. Menagerie but... has the root word man, right? Then it's a shippershirie. Hmm. Or yeah, just... I've just destroyed everybody with that <laughs> logic. <laughs> But like so o- oftentimes ships are referred to in the female. So is it a shimnagerie? See, we're just shimnagerie. It would be cool if it's section 31, Chupi. I think, I think, I think Chupi, because like uh, we have not seen lower decks section 31. What if 
Michelle Yeoh makes an appearance in the last couple of episodes, and this does I'm have doing something to do. That would be very good. Very good. Um, because I will say I read an interview with Mike McMahon today that said he has some pretty big surprises for the last two episodes of the season. And the last couple, I mean, we've had appearances from um, uh, Jonathan Frakes and Marina DeSertis. And so I think, you know, they tend to drop some of the bigger um, cameos in the last two episodes. So, I mean, I would love if it was Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Avery Brooks. Avery. I mean, I, he's always I said, know. but <laughs> it But what if he said no, but this was the thing that he decided to do? I mean, it'd be really wild and so many other fans would be so mad about it, but I yeah, would love would. it. <laughs> get it. Get They'd it. Be so mad, but they would be so mad, but it would be pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could be profits, you know, the profits have come in and need to have a, a I don't know, like it, like something. It, it just comes down to like it, it comes down to this. Whoever it is, if it makes sense that the ship design is correct, I'd be fine. But if it's someone who I've you know that we know and it doesn't fit the like the the face ship face design or whatever, like the the white ship, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be a little irritated. It, like it's 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 gotta be good now. You, you you made it so it has to be really good, not you per se, but like you know. Yeah, the setup has made it. I I have faith that it'll be pretty good. They haven't disappointed me on a finale in a, in in all of the seasons yet. So, um, so they're overdue. Is that what you're saying? Way to I go! I mean, they... <laughs> way, way to go! Way I'm gonna to... just jinx the whole thing yeah. now. Got London brain now, so <laughs> London on the brain. I mean, you know, the English love to colonize and ruin things. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, uh, like my brain. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else to say about this episode? I mean, there were lots of things and jokes that made me also laugh. The koala. The reference back to Black Mountain, which is what Shaq sees um, when he dies, is the spiritual battleground where the soul went after death, and you must fight three faceless apparitions of your father, after which the surviving father makes you eat their heart, um, which is also just a wild line that was fun to look up and be like, dang, they really get creative on this show. Um yeah, I mean, we have Mariner and Rutherford well, kind of know, team up, but not in like not in a way that maybe be like, oh, this is a team up. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe, it was like maybe it's the koala. It's been shown twice koala. so far. It's been shown twice so far. It's shown in like episode one and this episode now. Mm. That's interesting. Who would who would you want to voice the koala? Morgan Who's Freeman. Brooks. Oh. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I mean, is there anyone better than Morgan Freeman? For the uh, voice Gil- of a god? Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, James Earl Jones. No, James Earl Jones. Oh, Gilbert speaking. Godfrey, that'd be it. <laughs> I can't even do it. You know, it's- yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, WYSIWYG says it's Boba Fett. It does look a lot like the Boba Fett ship. Yeah, that does, <laughs> it, it does. does. It really does. What if that's the surprise? It's officially finally the Star Trek Star Wars crossover that no one oh. has been asking for. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that no one's asking for. Um, Boba Fett in the Star Trek universe. Cut to <laughs> internet and, would break. And he goes, and we're announcing that Disney and Paramount have merged. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if that happened, I wouldn't put it past them. Like the day it's announced, I'd be like, everyone fear Jeez. for your IP. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I need is somebody with a lightsaber on a Star Trek ship. Come on. <laughs> no, they can only have that lit. Um, okay, I feel like that is it for these two episodes. Anything else, guys? I think we're good. Just uh, before we good. sign off, just remember that you know, if, if we get enough money, Paul will it, wear the deep V. I'll get the, the Riker deep V to uh, it, it starts with the cruise, and I'll just wear it for forever, forever on, forever and ever on. Free the nipple, um, Paul. Free the nipple. Like, oh, like, I had to it, call out the oh, go ahead. Just remember, it's, it's a Kobayashi Maru, everyone loses. <laughs> everyone loses um thank you all so much for tuning in with us tonight if you're with us live thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you're in our audio feed we appreciate you we will be back next week 
to talk about episode eight of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, you can rate review on Apple as well as on Spotify. You can visit StarTrekPod.co to find links to our Patreon and places where you can listen. Also, if you check out the show notes, there's links to our merch. You can buy merch. The I got a merch. Peanut. Maybe I'll make a peanut camper shirt now. Oh, we have sick. a peanut hamper shirt. I'll make a peanut camper one. Um, and we have a hot break shirt. So, uh, which you can also get in like a variety of other things. If you don't want t-shirts, they got sweatshirts, they got mugs, they got, uh, I think the only thing you can't get is like a tapestry. Pretty sure you can get any, you got masks, we got koozies, we got mugs. Cool. cool. Get some merch. Um, it'll be great. Uh, Clyde, where can people find us on the internet as well? You can find us at Star Trek pot on X and Instagram and I'm sure some other places Mariah has 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 put us on. Uh thanks to Karen who runs our X. I'm getting I'm trying to get Twitter. this right. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter, X, thanks, whatever Karen. you want to call it. We all know what that is. Um yeah, thank you all so much for joining us. We will see you all next time. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye everyone. Zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs>